Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's special episode of Humans of SDU. Special in a sense that it is the last episode hosted by the duo Anna and Martin. And that's why you're also getting this special super cool intro. And we are very delighted that we have here Vicky to celebrate this occasion with us and to share her story with everyone who's listening. Vicky is a former student from SDU, a graduate of Kandigo, and a marketeer with some dream career. So get ready, we are starting about right now. Hello Vicky, welcome to the podcast Humans of SDU, we're very happy to have you here. Um, Thank you. I think the timing of your episode is very, very suitable because when we discussed the topics ahead, you mentioned that you could describe or somehow uh, give ideas on how to build your career. And both me and Martin, who are sitting here behind the mics today, are to be graduates in, what, two weeks or something. Wow. So we are very curious for all your input. But so before we get into that, could you briefly take us through how your career looked like? Because I know it was very diverse and interesting. Very diverse. Yes. I don't think uh, when I graduated that I had any idea of really where where I was going to go. I had a couple of ideas, but I don't think I would have expected um, the kind of kind of diverse countries I've lived in and and places I've worked. So uh, yeah, let me see if I can do it. Brief. Um, so I uh, was doing my last year. Um, so I was studying Kentnigold at uh, in Odense, and I was doing my last year of my masters when I uh, wanted to do an internship. I'm sure they still do that um, somewhere in the world. And I was really lucky. I got an internship with Lego in New Zealand. So uh, I went to New Zealand, which was pretty cool. Uh, I was there for six months, and then I actually got offered a permanent job as marketing coordinator when I was there. And of course, uh, that's not something you say no to, even though <laughs> you know I hadn't graduated yet. Mm-hmm. So um, my first kind of three years in my career, I was uh, looking after marketing for, for Lego in New Zealand, which was a lot of fun. And... Um, after that, I decided to stay in New Zealand and I got a role as brand manager for Heineken in, in New Zealand as well. So I then moved kind of from, I, I used to say, you know, from marketing to little boys to marketing to big boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think the the exciting thing about working in FMCG and working, you know, on, on big beer brands is that, of course, the budgets are, are really big and you get to do lots of fun stuff so we sponsored lots of kind of uh, sporting events like the Heineken Open things like that at the same time also um, you get to go to music festivals and and, and lots of fun stuff when you're young and and you've just graduated but I also think that FMCG has um, like a rigor and a process for uh, marketing management and brand management which is really important to learn at some point in your career. So it's like a, a good school of marketing, I would say. Um, when I was at Heineken, I kind of discovered that my real passion is sport and hence sport marketing. So I was doing a lot of activation around different sports like the Heineken Open, 
uh, sponsorship of basketball, cricket, and lots of other events. I mean, that you've and, discovered um, the passion for sports through beer. It's a... <laughs> yes, it, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> that beer and sports, um, I don't know, it's always been, you know, everywhere it's kind of been a match, I guess. Uh, there are more spectators than, than, than people doing sports, so <laughs> I know spectators usually go, you know, to a baseball uh, match or football match uh, and have a few beers and and good times. So I guess there's the, the connection. But yeah, so I, um, in my personal life, I started uh, doing triathlons, um, just kind of, it, it was a bit of coincidence. I met someone who was doing it and started off doing a very, very kind of small race, and then it got bigger. So I decided that uh, I wanted to work in, in sports marketing, and then was lucky to get a role working for ASICS, sort of the running shoe company in New Zealand as well. And here I did lots of um, sport marketing activation, both for like the rugby, uh, All Blacks, uh, Ironman, um, like lots of fun sports to work on. And my passion then, you know, I realized that this is what I want to do. And I thought to myself, like, what's the biggest thing in sport in the world? And that's where I want to be. And that was in I think 2009, 2008, something like mm -hmm. that. Just when they uh, when they announced that London was going to be the next host host for the Olympics, so I decided that I wanted to work on the Olympics, and I moved to London <laughs> without having a job, which was uh, interesting. It was during the recession, um, but I was very lucky, and I, I first found a uh, maternity cover. Um, for a role at a big sports drink in the UK called Lucasaid, mm -hmm. where I worked on their Olympic sponsorship strategy. And um, after that one year, I was lucky then to get a role at Coca-Cola, which is an official sponsor of the Olympics. So there I worked uh, for three years activating the Olympics, um, which was, yeah, absolutely amazing. If you love sport, if you love marketing, it doesn't get much better. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, and, yeah. so we have New Zealand. Yeah. We have London, and now you're in Copenhagen. Yes. So, what? Well, there was a, a a couple of years in Switzerland oh. as well. So, <laughs> after after London 2012, um, I got approached by a recruiter who asked if I would be interested in uh, moving to Switzerland and working for the North Face. And again, as a you know, as a sport uh, enthusiast, um, and also I think a personal dream of mine had always been to live in the mountains. I said yes immediately. So I moved to the south of Switzerland, where I worked for the North Face for uh, yeah, like five, six, seven years, something like that. <laughs> and now I have just moved back uh, to Denmark. So that that would be after after essentially leaving for a six months inter internship. <laughs> It's prolonged a little bit. Just. Yeah, to 20 years later coming back uh, to Denmark. So who would have who would have known, right, that an internship can lead to something like that? Yeah, so. Well, welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But it sounds really exciting. There are many uh, cool, yeah, cool experiences that you've been through. Um, yes. You said you found your passion for sports and marketing and you found how to combine it. And I, mm -hmm. one of the reasons that I thought about you joining us in this podcast is that we met in the um, in Alunaip, uh 
like a program. Uh, and you mentioned there that if you have such an idea, you shouldn't be scared to follow it and to actually go for it. And now here I am at the graduate position and this idea is very scary. And like, not, you know, it feels like I should take what comes and not being too picky and stuff. But I really like your thought. So I, I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a bit. Yeah, um, of course, it's it's tricky uh, to know the, the situation and, and to say that you should say no to everything uh, until you get your dream job. I would say that has definitely been my philosophy. Um, but of course, not everyone, you know, um, goes all in. <laughs> um And, you know, sometimes you also have to pay the bills. So um, for sure there is a balance. And sometimes maybe taking one role can lead to your dream job as well. So there's always that balance. But I have always been pretty, uh, what do you call it, pretty focused on the goal and not accepting anything but what I wanted. As an example, when I when I moved to London, I moved there without a job and I was unemployed for the first time in my life. And I did get offers, um, you know, like uh, I remember, uh, I think it was brand manager for a toilet paper brand. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually quite exciting to work in FMCG on toilet paper. But obviously for me, it was very, very far from my dream of working on the Olympics and working in sport marketing. And even though I knew I only had money for maybe, I think, I can't remember, three months or so to survive on, um, I just knew I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have moved all the way across the world um, to pursue a dream and just end up, you know, doing something else. So I would say it does take a little bit of, uh, you know, as they say, ice in the stomach, you know, um, to say no. But usually most people I've met, it always pays off. Um, and sometimes you might need to go the, a little bit of a non-traditional way. So like the other thing, when I was, um, when I was doing uh, my master's, um, I didn't have a lot of plans about what I wanted to do afterwards. The only thought I had was that I would love to work for Lego. It was kind of the only lead I had. And at the time, I can't remember, but I think they only took, because this was during the recession in 2000 as well, They only took maybe two or five, let's say five graduates a year. And I knew that to be that among those five would be a huge bet, right? Like to actually get through to, to being that, that top five would be a little bit of a risk to risk it all on that. So that's also why I thought, well, if I do an unpaid internship, then I will already have six months experience within the company and hence hopefully have a head start on others who might have just graduated. So I would say sometimes, you know, depending on how strong your dream is, also find, finding other ways to kind of achieve your dream. Um, but again, I also have a friend who went, you know, 18 months, I think, unemployed, you know, just focusing on on his dream. And he also ended up getting his dream job. So it is definitely, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone, but I think it it, it will pay requires off. requires some patience. <laughs> It does. Yeah. Patience. Yes. And how you then uh, moved trust. from, because you said that the sport uh, uh, thing, it's basically, that was your kind of career dream, the Olympics and then the North Face. So yeah. now you are working for Velux. 
So yes. how did you how did you move from uh, being a marketer? If yeah, saying that correctly for the like sports brand Olympics to to a company yep. that uh, produces windows, rooftop windows. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's a very good question, one, one I get a lot. <laughs> so, I, yeah, what I think the other thing that's defined my career is that, you know, I've always gone for what I wanted right now, not necessarily thinking long term that, oh, if I take this job, then maybe I can get that job later. I've always just said, what do I want to do right now? Um, and I think after so many years in sports marketing and having worked on the Olympics, it, it you know, I felt like I had exhausted that area quite a lot. And the big brands like Nike and Addy um, didn't interest me so much because when a company gets too big, you also have less scope of influence. So I actually felt more like I would like to work for a smaller brand because having worked for Coca-Cola, Heineken, all of those brands that have close to 100% brand awareness, you, you know, you're, the opportunities you have to grow a brand are, are less. You know, we're talking if you gain 0.01% market share, there's a big party. Um, and that takes, you know, years in, in the making. Whereas working for smaller brands that have, I guess, challenges that you haven't worked on in the past, but maybe where you can use your skill set from working on other brands, I felt was more an interesting challenge for me now in my career for me it was less about you know uh, w w then working in places where I could learn a lot but more maybe an opportunity to also work in a place where I could add a lot of value from the the other brands I had worked on and if I may just plug <laughs> Relux but um, I think what's interesting about Relux is that they are going on a journey from being a product company so you you know them as the the brand that does roof windows to actually becoming a purpose-led company, which means that you have to shift consumers' perception about the brand. So we want to be a brand that's known for improving indoor health through more light and ventilation. And I think that message is just resonates with me personally because there is a higher purpose and I'm not doing marketing advertising to sell windows. I'm doing it, you know, to improve people's homes and, and uh, health. So, I, yeah, that's kind of to explain the, the shift in my career, so to speak. And was it uh, hard to reorient yourself uh, in the, how would you say, like a new industry? Because from what I understood, sport was your big passion, not only in uh, like the workplace, but also outside. And now it's like 180 degrees uh, shift <laughs> yeah. in the, like in the industry. So how was this? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think every job or company change is always a, a major change, but it's also a major opportunity because all of a sudden, everything you've learned and worked on, you have to put it into a different perspective and into a different context. And for me, I find that really interesting. I think it's a lot easier to stay with the same company for years and years and years because you're, you're just kind of evolving s slowly. But if you all of a sudden have to kind of reframe everything you've learned, you also, I think, learn more as a person, but you can also add more value because you know what parts 
of what you learned worked and what didn't work and what to apply. So I would say it's not as hard as it sounds to change industry, to change company. I actually find it it, it a benefit because you learn more and, and you can also give more. Mm-hmm. Well, let's stick to that sports part. Uh, triathlon, how serious was that? Mm-hmm. How did you... How much did you get into it? Competitions? Are we talking like, yeah, how did you? Get yeah, it? so, um, yeah, I should say that was, uh, people don't think I'm some sort of high achiever, which I'm not really. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I just go for my passions and, and, you know, try to enjoy life and try to have a job that interests me. Um, and I think at the time, I should say now I am in my 40s. And uh, very late, I've just had kids. So your priorities change and I now enjoy, you know, more family life. And and I would say sport is more, you know, just half an hour running or swimming or cycling here and there. But for sure, there was a time where uh, triathlon was my my absolute passion. And uh, I, um, uh, yeah, I went from doing a, I think my first race was like a hundred meter swim, maybe 5k bike and 3k run something like that to training for and, and doing several half Ironman, which is a lot longer. I won't bore you with how much I it is, how long it is. Actually got there. Wow. <laughs> uh, not a full yeah. Ironman. I've never done that. Um, one day, maybe <laughs> one day. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And, and I would say it wasn't so much the competition that I liked. It was more, you know, um, training with other people and especially like, road cycling getting to places you've never been before you know we would go on a cycle holiday in France and ride up mountains and um, cycling in in Australia seeing you know snakes on the road and I think for me that sport was more an adventure as opposed to you know a competition Mm -hmm. such Um, so yeah it was it was a lot of fun and you know you get to know lots of people and at the same time you're outside and and you're staying fit so i i can highly recommend it but it is very very time consuming so definitely not ideal when you have a family <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't do it now that's for sure <laughs> so how does your life look now so you said you have a mm. fresh family so congratulations on that and <laughs> thank you how are you enjoying yeah it? so we've just moved back to denmark four months ago so it's very very new to be back here but um, I mean living in in Switzerland I think the outdoors has always been so important to me and I think that's also why I was you know so happy to work for the North Face which is all about getting people outside and uh, you know we would almost every weekend go for hikes in the mountains you know have lunch in you know little huts um, overlooking the, the the green mountains and the blue sky um, and also with you know my son in a in a backpack, um, and in winters probably pre pre my son, but then have the opportunity to ski. So for, I think for me, yeah, the outdoors has always been quite important. We've now moved to um, we live just south of Copenhagen, close to the beach. So instead of mountains, we're hoping to spend lots of time, lots of time at the beach instead, <laughs> and enjoy the best Denmark has to offer. And of course also try to go on some nice hikes and, and see all the beautiful places in Denmark. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty as well. <laughs> Just not so hilly. <laughs> yes, there are. 
there, no hills, that's for sure. No, no mountains. Great. Um... As we are slowly approaching to the to the end of our interview, we also tend or we ask our guests uh, the same last question, and it is whether they have any life hack, meaning something that uh, makes your life a little bit easier or something that I don't know when you have a bad day makes you push through and something like it yeah I um, I think it, it's the same topic that's probably always framed my life which is you know just know what your passions are um, so that could be work-wise or it could be in your personal life it could be a sport it could be people networking whatever it is I think as long as you ensure you have some some things that you really love in your life um, then I think it's easier to push through like you're saying the hard moments and also if you should find yourself in a job that you don't love you know it don't accept <laughs> mediocrity definitely you know always revert back to what your passion is Um, because life life is too short. So, um, you know, definitely go for your dreams and pursue your passions and don't lose sight of them, you know, what, whatever happens, I would say. I think that's very great. And of this interview, Vicky, thank you very much. Yeah. It was a really pleasure talking to you and we got a lot from your thoughts. So we appreciate your time. That's uh, great. And if you know, if you guys have any questions or anyone listening uh, about my career, you know, I did it one way. There's lots of ways to do to kind of uh, put your career together. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, so uh, Vicky Lingon Bolbro. So <laughs> I'm happy to you know help out where I can. And Velux is always hiring. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> There's another plug. <laughs> We got it there. <laughs> Perfect, perfect, perfect. Let's. Yeah, and good luck. Good luck to you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. And if you're feeling like it, please go and visit our social media and our website. Vicky Star is waiting for you there so you can learn even more about her. Hope you enjoyed it. And this is the last bye bye from Anna and Martin. See you. Bye. Bye.